This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely. Positively. FedEx. Airbnb. I just got invited to the first wedding of the summer. Yeah. Happens to be a gay wedding. Nice. Very excited to attend. And the first thing that you did, Jack? Book a hotel for the wedding. Okay. Second thing that you did? List my place as available that weekend on Airbnb. Millions of people host on Airbnb, but millions more have never even thought about hosting. Here's the thing. We've said it's great to make money while you sleep. Actually, Warren Buffett said that. Well, when you're an Airbnb host, you make money while you sleep and... While someone else sleeps. That's why anytime I'm traveling, I immediately jump into Airbnb and set my house as available. It's that easy. So Yetis, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by Audible, the home of storytelling. Protect her. That's from the opening chapter of The Last Thing He Told Me. Or is it protect her. It's Protector. Yeah, it's like that. It's a thrilling mystery my wife and I listened to on Audible. It actually got adapted into a TV show, but it was way more riveting as an audiobook, wasn't it, man? It's about a tech executive who disappears when his company gets indicted on accounting fraud. But he disappeared to protect her. And honestly, we shouldn't say anymore. Let's stop we that. We listen to the whole audiobook on Audible while driving in the car on road trips. And you should too. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. That's audible.com slash tboy or text tboy to 500-500. This is Nick. This is Jack. It's Tuesday, T-Boy. Tuesday, September 19th. And today's pod, it is the best one yet. What a T-Boy, Jack. You ready for my itinerary? Talk to me. What do you got, Jack? Hit me up. Take off at BTV at 6 a.m. Love it. Connect in Atlanta at 924. Get the Biscoff cookies. Record a T-Boy teaser for today's pod while I'm walking through the terminal. At Terminal 3. Land LAX six hours later. And into my open arms, I shall be waiting with an Uber, Jack. I shall be waiting. Put that on the T-Boy corporate card, why not? I'm holding up a sign that says, co-host, co-host, co-host. Oh, that'd be so awkward if I was sitting next to another co-host. Podcasting, it's a small world. First story for today's T-Boy before we hit Los Angeles. What do we got, Jack? For our first story, it's Instacart. The delivery app is finally going public today. It's IPOing with a profit. Because Instacart just moved from Silicon Valley to Madison Avenue. For our second story, for the last 12 years, San Francisco has been running a unique experiment with money and kindergartners. If you give a baby a savings account, will they go to college or will they bite you? Or will they have a blowout? And our third and final story, we're in week two of the United Auto Workers car strike. So Jack and I are looking at one question and what's that question, Jack? Is it ridiculous to give 150,000 car workers a 40% raise? A 40% raise. Is that ridiculous or is it not ridiculous? We're measuring the ridiculosity. But yet is before we hit that fantastic mix. What a mix of stories for a T-Boy Tuesday, man. By the way, if the pod's this good when we're apart, what's going to happen when we're together? We're going to have to sit down, stand up, and stay seated, Jack. Yet is there is a new trend in corporate America Nick and I have to tell you about. Besties, there is a new office lingo we all got to know. According to the Wall Street Journal, 
feedback is dead. Or specifically, the word feedback is dead. That's right. Apparently, the new word for the word feedback is feed forward. That's right. The word feed forward has replaced the word feedback. Because the word feedback carries lots of negative baggage. Negative feedback, critical feedback. He doesn't take the feedback well feedback. And if you think about it, the word feedback is backward looking. It's about the past. Feedback. It's about why did you do that thing back then when I would not have done that thing, but you did that thing. And nobody likes being asked, why did you do that thing back then? <laughs> no, it's never a good sign for the corporate report. It's like giving feedback is being a Monday morning quarterback. Nobody likes second-guessing the past actions or the play actions. But feed forward, on the other hand, is like feedback, but it's more constructive. I'm liking it. I'm trying it on right now, Jack. There's some brightness. Feed forward is the future. It's forward-looking. Do better next time. It's kind of like the past is scary. The future is opportunistic. So in the meantime, Yetis, Nick and I do have some feedback for the word feedback. Well, Jack, do we have some feed forward for the word feedback? Sorry. The next time you rebrand yourself feedback, I mean feed forward, rebrand yourself back to feedback. Because Jack and I are looking at the numbers here and feed forward, it sounds a little bit ridiculous on our ridiculosimeter. Yeah, we actually have some feed forward for other corporate jargon too. What's next? Circle backs becoming square forward? Bandwidth? It's not your bandwidth, it's your band length. I'm sorry, Jack, I got a hard stop, but actually now I have a soft, mediocre stop. It's not constructive criticism, it's a constructive compliment? What are we doing here? Yetis, it's not personal, it's just feedback. Nick, I'm actually, I'm actually filling out your performance review right now. You you handle feed forward very forward. And in the spirit of looking forward, Jack, let's hit our three stories. 15 years before this song, two boys from the Northeast met in the dorm. They had an idea to cause a cultural storm. It's the best one yet, but the best is the norm. Jack, Nick, that's it. I don't even think they need to practice. 50%, that's a fat tip. T-Boy City on your at list. If you know, you know, cause we ready to go. We can't wait no more, so just start the show. For our first story, Instacart stock is going public today. So Jack and I jumped in T-Boy style to the IPO paperwork. And we discovered that Instacart is really more like Instagram these days. Instacart actually looks more like Instagram. But Yetis, before we hit that story, full disclosure, Instacart has sponsored this show for this past summer. But here's the thing, Yetis. With all sponsors, Jack and I have editorial independence, and they aren't sponsoring the show today. So we cover everyone like we would cover anyone. And today is Instacart's IPO. Instacart, they pioneered the gig app grocery delivery 11 years ago. Instacart, it's Uber for your onions. It's Lyft for your legumes. Now, Yetis, during the pandemic, that's when most of you tried Instacart for the first time. Instacart was like your uh, like your third roommate with your buddy, Timmy. Yeah. In 2020, sales for Instacart rose by 600%. That's 7Xing for those who are keeping count because germ-averse people practice their social distancing. You were worried about walking into aisle six and walking out with a little bit more than those legumes. So the pandemic was great for Instacart, but today... Order growth has slowed to just 3% compared to last year. We repeat, Instacart's growth has gone from 600% to just 3% today. And we see that growth slowdown in the new valuation of Instacart. That's right, because Instacart raised venture capital money in 2021 at a whopping $39 billion valuation. Where are we today, Jack? Today, its growth is pretty much flat. So it's going public at a quarter of that valuation, just $10 billion. But Yetis, here's what Jack and I found fascinating about this story. The numbers behind Instacart reveal another layer to Instacart. Like an onion or a parfait. Let's go with an onion. Let's go with a milfoy. 
What? A milf? It's like a French. I have like no a French idea. Pastry. Oh, we'll just get a move on. I have move on. no idea what a milf. Is. <laughs> Nick's in the premium section of Instacart. Un peu de gray poupon, s'il vous plaît. Yetis, here's what Jack and I noticed about Instacart. Instacart's not just a grocery delivery app anymore. No, Instacart is an advertising icon. You'd be shocked by this stat. Nearly 30% of Instacart's business today comes from advertising revenue. That's right. Instacart is on pace to make nearly a billion dollars in advertising sales this year. So while the money made on groceries is flat, the money made on ads for Instacart is booming. Yetis, Jack and I jumped further into that IPO paperwork. Instacart mentioned the word delivery 171 times, but they mentioned the word advertising 249 times. Instacart is an ad agency with a logistic side hustle. Instacart is the Don Draper of delivery. Instacart is like Mad Men for your mangoes. Because when you type in Cheez-Its to the Instacart app, a sponsored result from Goldfish comes up because Goldfish paid Instacart for that. And Jack, what's the better part about that relationship? While groceries is a low-margin business, Ad sales is highly profitable. And what's the best part about that business, Jack? With ad sales, Instacart can double dip. <laughs> oh, Instacart, they are double dipping that chip straight into the hummus. They made money selling ads to goldfish, and they made money when you bought those goldfish. They made money on both sides of that interaction. And that is how Instacart made $240 million of profit so far this year. They're a tech company IPOing with a profit. That is rare. Long term, Instacart hopes to make 11 cents for each dollar that you spend on groceries. Seven cents as a transaction fee and four cents in ad sales. And the personal shopper, she's taking seven cents too. Those cents, they add up. Like an onion. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies over at Instacart? In business, what's old is new again. Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Yeti, since the pandemic, as growth has slowed, tech disruptors have turned to the oldest business model of all. Advertising. Advertising. Silicon Valley tech is acting a lot like Madison Avenue right now. For example, Netflix has said they would never do ads, but Netflix added ads just last year. Uber and Lyft, they're each on pace to sell a billion dollars of ads this year in order to finally make a profit. And Amazon is going to sell $40 billion worth of ads this year. That is 7% of all digital ads on earth. And now Instacart is going public with a profit thanks to their ad business. Jack, like you and I have said many times before on this show, the disruptor eventually returns to a disrupted business model. Because in business, what's old is new again. 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 For our second story, 12 years ago, San Francisco tried a money experiment with kids. Here it is. Give college savings accounts to every kindergartner. We just got the results of that experiment 12 years later. So we jumped in T-boy style. Kindergarten Jack does not feel like yesterday. It actually feels very long ago. We didn't know a nickel from a pickle back then. <laughs> You're like bartering with graham crackers. I once thought a Lorna Dune was a currency, Jack. <laughs> But yet is in 2011, the city of San Francisco launched the nation's first ever universal college savings program. Every single kindergartner enrolled in a San Francisco public school had a savings account auto-opened for them. Not too shabby. The parents didn't have to fill out any paperwork. On day one, when the kid arrives in the public school district, they had an account waiting for them with $50 put in by the city. We repeat, you got that Jansport backpack with the initials on and boom, you've got $50 in a college savings account set up by the city of San Francisco. Now, this experiment was called the K to C program. 
kindergarten to college. The city known for D to C, direct consumer, did K to C, kindergarten to college. Yes, the savings accounts were intended to pay for college someday. Yeah. We call it cash for kindergartners. K-A-S-H, cash for kindergartners. So Jack and I got curious about this study. We jumped in T-boy style and we found this really interesting part, didn't we, Jack? The city of San Francisco didn't just give you that 50 bucks. They rewarded you with more money if you showed care for your bank account. Yeah, like second grade, you got a bonus if you were checking your savings account. If you, the kid, log into your account to check the balance at least once a year, then the city will add another $20 every time. Or Nick, if you download and read financial literacy materials that they posted on their website, then the city would deposit even more money into that account. So you make money just by checking in on your money. They've basically incentivized financial habits beginning as kindergartners. And then each time the balance gets bigger, you earn a little more interest. Your family can deposit some savings. Eventually, you can convert it to a tax advantage 529 investment account. Fast forward 12 years later and boom, Yetis, we just got the results. Jack, can you whip out the whiteboard for us? This year, the original kindergartners from 2011 are graduating high school and going to college. And how much money is in that account that began with just $50, Jack? The average account has $1,422 in it. Not too shabby. That is 28 times more than the 50 bucks that they each started with. Now, Yetis, 1,422 bucks, that's not going to pay for tuition these days. That is not going to get you far with the administration, Jack. But you can buy a couple of books, maybe a couple of backpacks or a subscription to ChatGPT+. Boom, and that thing's going to write all the essays for you anyway. Now, today, this program enrolls every student, regardless of when they enter the school district, and they have $15 million in all those accounts. <laughs> That's not all. This whole baby college savings idea, it's actually caught on across the country. 38 states have emulated the program that started in San Francisco. Five million kids K through 12 have a college savings plan, even if they think a Lorna Dune cookie is a form of currency. That's a lot of pickles. I mean, nickels. <laughs> so, Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies who are every kindergartner in the economy? This isn't an investment. This is a manifestment. Yetis, what this fund did was give kids cash for college. 1400 bucks, not too shabby, pretty straightforward. But the real win for these kids wasn't that cash. It was the mindset shift that came with it. Because get this, research showed that kids with any college fund are more likely to pursue college in the first place. Nick, researchers found that any amount of money in those college funds becomes motivating for them to go to higher education. It could have been 50, could have been 1,400, it could have just been $1. Just having the fund is what made the difference. When a kid holds an account statement in their hands that says college savings fund at the top, regardless of the amount, they picture themselves going to college someday. The way Jack and I see it, it's the mindset shift. It can be self-fulfilling. They do what it takes to get to college after that. Every month, the statement from the bank is a reminder to do well in school and stay out of trouble. So yeah, it is the 50 bucks that the city put into those kids' accounts. That was an investment. But the change to those kids' mindsets, that makes it a manifestment. Canva. Yeah, it is. In sports, as in business, if you look good, you feel good, and you'll play good. That's why we love Canva. 
It's simply the best online graphic design software we've ever used. Neither one of us are designers, and yet both of us have created beautiful designs for our business using Canva. We designed our merch on Canva. We designed our social posts on Canva. We designed the signs for our T-Boy Live show on Canva. True story. Oh, and Canva isn't just for startups or entrepreneurs either, because 90% of Fortune 500 companies now use Canva. But it definitely is for startups like us, the T-Boy Podcast Media Company. Our creative director literally said, she cannot live without Canva. And we believe her. It'll make your business look good, which will make you feel good, and you'll perform better. So Yeti, start designing today at canva.com. Canva, designed for work. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yetis, how good is the feeling of finally getting something off your chest? You've been wanting to say it. You've been waiting to say it. But you bottle it up. In Waspy, Vermont, where I grew up, we didn't talk much about our problems. We were encouraged to keep them to yourself. Yetis, bottling up your feelings is just horrible for you because eventually it blows up with an outburst and then while it's stewing, it makes your whole stomach feel terrible. We encourage you to get it off your chest. And the perfect place to do that is therapy. You will not believe how good it feels to say something that has been left unsaid and you can practice with a therapist and then end up telling your loved ones the best way possible later on. You don't have to tell them, but you could. It's 100% up to you. Oh, and by the way, what you tell your therapist remains completely confidential. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash T-Boy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-Boy. For our third and final story, the biggest strike of the year, the auto worker strike, is coming down to one number. And what's that number, Jack? The 40% pay raise they're demanding. The 40% pay raise. Is a 40% pay raise ridiculous? We jumped in T-Boy style to find out. We whipped out the ridiculousometer. Yetis, the year of the strike continues. Hollywood writers are in their fourth month of being on strike. Actors are in their second month of being on strike. And automotive workers are in their first month of their strikes against Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler. Yetis, on Friday, they all stopped working at three factories. That chassis, it ain't moving. And the United Auto Workers will expand their strike to more factories if their demands aren't met. Oh, Vessies, if you've got a 2023 Ford Escape, that is a rare collectible right now. And the update on the negotiations with the car makers? No progress. Now, Yetis, last week, Jack and I told you about the upcoming car strike. So this week, we want to do something different. We want to focus on one number. We want to focus on the key demand from the auto workers union. The key demand is that they get paid 40% more. They want a 40% raise. A 40% raise. Jack, does that, is that ridiculous? Does that sound ridiculous? That sounds unreasonably high for such a huge body of workers. It's dangerously close to like a 100% pay increase, which would be like doubling your pay. That sounds a little ridiculous. The UAW wants their 150,000 unionized workers to get a 40% pay increase from all three of the Detroit big auto companies. So Jack and I, we jumped in T-boy style and we did a little union match. And what have we discovered, Jack? If you crunch some union math, it's actually not a ridiculous demand at all. And here's why, Yetis. That 40% pay increase, it's actually spread over four years. So it's really only 10% per year they're demanding. And in the last four years, we've had 20% inflation. So they're really only asking for a 20% pay raise over these four years. Ipso facto, the workers are demanding a 5% inflation-adjusted pay raise per year. So the next question then, can the car makers afford a 5% inflation-adjusted pay raise for their workers? And when you look at that numbers, the answer is 
Yes, overwhelmingly. In the last four years, General Motors' annual operating profit has grown by 83%. And Ford's operating profit has jumped by 135%. So Ford's CEO said if they caved to the union's demands, they would go bankrupt. But Jack and I just crunched the union math on this thing, and we're not seeing the B word in there. If the car companies did this 40% pay raise, they'd still be more profitable than they were four years ago. The ridiculosity of this request is not as ridiculous. No, it's really not. But Jack and I did find something ridiculous. So Jack, what's the takeaway for our buddies who are everyone in the car industry? The pay raise isn't ridiculous. The rest of what they're demanding is. Yeah, this is Nick, that is Jack, and we think a 40% pay raise would be huge. It would actually really be a fair win for the auto workers. But the auto workers want more. They want much more. Another thing the car workers want? Job guarantees. No layoffs allowed. So if we have a crippling recession with no cars being made, the union still wants to get paid even though they're not doing work. Plus, the car workers want to work less, down to a 32-hour work week. We're all for the four-day work week. But you want a 40% raise and a four-day work week? And a no-layoffs promise plus a pension? Based on the numbers, Yetis, the pay raise the auto workers are demanding, it's not ridiculous at all. But the rest of what they're demanding kind of looks ridiculous. Jack, can you whip up the takeaways for us for T-Boy Tuesday? Instacart is going public today, and it's boasting profits thanks to their booming advertising biz. In business, what's old is new again. Again. For our second story, San Francisco college savings accounts for kids gave them money and changed their mindset. Because it wasn't just an investment, it was a manifestment. And our third and final story, the auto workers union wants a 40% pay raise. If you do some math, that's not an unreasonable request. What does seem unreasonable is everything else they're demanding. But Yetis, this pod's not over yet. Here's what else you need to know today. First, if you are stuck in traffic in Midtown Manhattan, you know that the 78th United Nations General Assembly kicked off in New York. The focus this year, cutting fossil fuels to slow down the warming of the planet. And finally, last week, Jack and I told you how Las Vegas was under cyber attack. This week, it's Clorox under cyber attack. Clorox products from bleach to sanitizer are in short supply because ransomware has hijacked the company. Now time for the best fact yet. This one sent in by Maximilian von Polnitz from lovely Hillsborough, California. Caviar, the fancy expensive thing you can order on the menu. The kind of stuff that's probably pretty profitable for Instacart, Jack. <laughs> yeah. The average beluga caviar costs, get this, $200 per ounce. And a key reason why this caviar costs so much, why is it, Jack? It's not because of the eggs you're eating. It's because of the fish that laid them. Yeah, apparently it takes 10 years before a sturgeon is able to even produce the eggs that you end up eating as the caviar. So if you want to like make some caviar, it takes 10 years. <laughs> it's a decade long investment just to get the caviar from one of these little sturgeons. Yetis, you look fantastic for T-Boy Tuesday. And if you have some feedback for us, or if you have feed forward for us, we want to hear it. <laughs> just circle back by circling forward. <laughs> Only constructive compliments on this show. And if there's any other jargon you think needs an update, we'll async this whole combo on Slack later. EOD. EOD. Check the memo. If you know, you know. And before. 
Before we go, congratulations to the future Mr. and Mrs. Martinkoff. Alex and Mark just got engaged down in D.C. Let's see some ring picks. Congratulations to Unregular Pizza in New York City. They just opened their second location, the Unregular Bakery. And we covered their first location like four years ago. Not too shabby. Yes, we did. And happy birthday to Anthony Rotolo who's turning 27 in Brooklyn. And Ricky Gill just got back from his honeymoon to celebrate his birthday over in Toronto. Happy 11th birthday to Benjamin Rose, who's turning 11 in Bristow Middle School. And Josiah Baker, happy 24th birthday, celebrating as one should at Denny's in Dallas. Happy birthday to Jake Daniels in New Richmond, Wisconsin. And Rich Durham down the road in Charlotte, Vermont. Happy birthday. Great pronunciation, Nick. I stuck the landing check. Don't call it Charlotte. You taught me well. And happy birthday to Kate Chaucer, who's also got a new job in Saratoga Springs, New York. And Taylor Childers is flying home to upstate New York to celebrate that birthday upstate. Happy birthday to Demi in Chicago. And Parker Dunaway is turning 31 in New Orleans. That is a win to celebrate. And to anyone else who's celebrating something today, make it a T-boy. Celebrate the wins. This is Jack. I own stock of Amazon, Netflix, and most of the other media and content bundles. <laughs> <laughs> we lost you, Jack. Sorry, gents. It's all right. It's all right. Um, hit us while the wall money is made. I got time to yeah, yeah. Adam. Uh, this is great news because I hated how I said that line. But I, w- I wasn't going to redo it either. So now you guys we don't, don't even know what it sounded say. like. <laughs> it's like, thanks, thanks yeah. for the feed forward. No feed forward necessary. All right, here we go. If you like the best one yet, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. And before you go, tell us a little bit about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. We want to get to know you. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you, like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. For more deep dive and daily business content, listen to Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more, Wondery means business.